You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, our ghost host. Hello, and welcome to Paranormal Pets at PetLifeRadio.com. I am your host, Brandy Stark, and this episode is a little bit different for us because what we are doing is we are going to introduce an attempted live-action recording of a Spirits of St. Petersburg paranormal investigation that includes uh, two special consultants, uh, namely my pugs, Odysseus and Odyssey. So just stay tuned and we will get into that a little bit right after some words from our sponsor. Now time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Be sure to tune in when Pet Life Radio goes live from Global Pet Expo, the world's largest annual pet products trade show. March 25th through the 27th, you can catch all the new products coming out for our pets before they even hit store shelves. From the latest in all-natural and eco-friendly products to the most elegant in pet pampering and high-tech innovations from companies all over the globe. It's at Global Pet Expo. Nearly 800 companies will be displaying new and exciting products to make time with our pets even better. Tune in March 25th through the 27th for everything Global Pet Expo. This valuable information comes from your pet. There's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood. They're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit PetsAdLife.org. Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull bans, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. 
every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. And welcome back. Again, today's episode is a little bit unique. Uh, and please, please do bear in mind that when you hear some of this information in some of these clips, uh, I am not a uh, professional studio person. So uh, a lot of these are very raw clips uh, that we will be playing later on in the episode. And it may be a little clumsy, but it's the first time I've attempted this, so I, I beg your patience. But I thought we would try something a little bit different this time. I've talked about taking pugs on paranormal investigations, but I've never really allowed people to see, if you will, how that works out. So on this particular investigation, I thought, well, let's go ahead and give it a shot. Let's see what we can come up with for our listening audience. Uh, just a little background, uh, this particular investigation is entitled 3111 on the Spirits website, which you can find at www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. We have actually been doing the investigations at this particular location. I believe this is our third or fourth recheck, and I will double-check that. But we've actually been working with this family for approximately six or seven years, actually. Uh, the eerie thing is that when we first started working with them, their daughter was, I believe, 10 or 11 years old. And on uh, this particular investigation, she was 18. <laughs> so it's, it's quite a shock. I think, uh, you know, she's grown up with us a little bit. And uh, there's just nothing quite like that uh, experience. So uh, I, I mostly have children of the four-legged variety. So, you know, seeing two-legged children growing up is just amazing to me. So essentially, before we actually did 3111, this particular family had another home in another part of Pinellas County, and their other house actually had quite a bit of activity. Uh, it was enough activity to really upset, uh, particularly the, the female homeowner, and we ended up uh, coming out to do an investigation. We didn't find anything malicious. An entity was, was rather you know, demanding of their attention, but things did kind of settle down over time. And these folks are just absolutely some of the friendliest people you will ever meet. I'm not quite sure how in the world they got into Florida. Uh, Florida is not always the friendliest of states, but these folks were just absolutely delightful. And it helps that they're also animal people. In fact, uh, they do squirrel rescue. Uh, which is always very interesting, and of course they have a great understanding of uh, my love of rats. And at this particular investigation, not only did they have their squirrels, their squirrel rescue going, but they also had the most adorable lion-headed rabbit, and also a chinchilla, which of course makes me a little envious, but uh, I'm full up with nine rats and three sugar gliders right now, and I have partial custody of my mother's hamster, so that's about all I can do right now, plus the pugs. But because they are very, very pet-friendly, the location was a friendly one. And at the time, I had first started doing research into animals and the paranormal. These homeowners actually did invite me to bring Odyssey. Now, Odyssey at the time was a considerably younger gentleman. So as I have watched their daughter grow up, they have seen Odyssey in all of his phases. And he was actually... Uh, he had a good time. <laughs> he wasn't much help to me on that case, but 
he really did enjoy himself, and it was kind of an interesting experience because it's one of the few times that we had taken Odyssey, or I had taken Odyssey, really out of a, a home situation uh, from my house, really, and into a situation that was potentially haunted that wasn't something like a bed and breakfast or a hotel, you know, that I, I had checked through. However, this particular location did match the parameters of what I look for in an investigation. That is, I considered hug safe. Basically, we had investigated the house. It was a safe home. The homeowners were friendly. Their animals were well cared for. They did not have any malicious animals. And in fact, I don't think they had a dog at the time. And essentially, there were plenty of vets in the area. In fact, some of the the best vets in this part of the United States are close to that particular area. So I felt that Odyssey would have adequate medical coverage if he needed it and that the homeowners, again, were safe and that the entity was not malicious and that the house was safe. Odyssey, in particular, is a very special pug for me because he was diagnosed with terminal cancer four years ago. In fact, he just had his four-year diagnosis anniversary about four years and one month ago. He was uh, just a month shy of his uh, 10th birthday, and I was quite devastated because he was supposed to die within three months. Uh, Without cancer, they gave him two years. And of course... (laughs) That did not sit well with me Uh, at the time. I had just had an older pug who was in immense decline. And in fact, uh, only a few months after Odyssey surgery, um, uh, Jasper finally passed away. And I had one other pug, Iliad. Iliad and Odyssey, of course, are not littermates, but have grown up together. And essentially, I was quite concerned that she would be alone. So with the, the terminal diagnosis, and when I checked with the vet, they said there's absolutely no chance... I ended up getting two puppies who are littermates. They're two brothers, Odysseus and Achilles. And I figured that essentially if I you know, kind of built up a new infrastructure, particularly for Iliad, and you know, gave Odyssey a little more companionship and let him help me raise these two boys for as long as he could, that this would work out. Well, indeed, uh, not only did Odyssey surpass three months, he surpassed six months, he surpassed a year, he surpassed two years, and he is up to his fourth year. And I have a couple of reasons why I think he has done as well as he's done, one of which is because I actually went to a Buddhist healing ceremony on his behalf. Uh, Buddhism, at the very least, has always appealed to my sense of compassion towards animals because they do allow for animal prayer, prayer for essentially uh, animals who are sick, and they even have this particular temple has even been known to have poas, which are special prayers to help the dying for animals. And I have always found that to be a rather a remarkable thing because in today's world, if you, it's animal advocacy is much more accepted than it used to be, but perhaps not to the extent that, that I'm at where I'm willing to go and pray and, and hope that uh, my pugs do well. So he has a very unusual background because he beat basically an impossible diagnosis. He's also perhaps one of the most intelligent and empathetic animals that I currently have, and I am very in tune with him as much as he is with me. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty alert to him and, and what he's going through. So, you know, after 14 years, if I don't know what this pug is doing by now, I, I will never get it. Now, because Odyssey has turned 14, and I am sorry to say he is uh, definitely aging at a, a more rapid rate, I expect him you know, to basically be at his last year at this point. I ended up starting to shift some of the paranormal mantle to his two younger protégés. Odysseus and Achilles are definitely littermates. They're definitely well-bonded. They 
do almost everything together. In this household, there were so many older pugs that these two were the, the youngest, and they're, they're really very bonded. However, for this particular case, it would be far too much for me to bring Odyssey and both younger boys, who at the age of four are just everywhere. Pugs do not calm down, by the way, until I think 10. I'm not sure. But uh, they're, they're still well within their prime. And I could just imagine myself with a 45-minute to one-hour Miata car ride. I have one seat with three pugs. I can get away with two, but the two youngsters, I don't think so. In fact, uh, Achilles in particular seems to think it's quite fun to ride in the back seat window, which I don't have a back seat, but no. So I ended up opting for Odyssey and Odysseus, primarily because Odysseus, as uh, of the two brothers, is a little more self-aware and perhaps more self-assured. Uh, Achilles, without his brother, does seem to become much more nervous and much more agitated. Although the two boys together have done a couple of investigations, Odyssey has gone on one on his own, and then he's gone on one with, uh, or excuse me, Odysseus has gone on one investigation on his own and one with Odyssey. So uh, it was kind of a mixed bag, but that's how I ultimately chose to take these guys. It does mean, however, that the next investigation, Achilles gets to go whenever I find one that is pug safe. So it'll be Achilles and Odyssey, and we'll see how those two boys do together. So... Those are the parameters of the pugs that went, and uh, now to get to the parameters of the case. 3111 basically has a unique mixture of entities. The home itself has a rather spotty history, unfortunately, and so a lot of the history that we're getting, we're going to probably have to take from the homeowners and from neighbor accounts. The particular area where the home is located is not noted for its accuracy or maintenance of, of really community records. So... We do know that one prior homeowner, actually two homeowners ago, I believe, died in the house. We have no other details other than that. We do know that the next set of homeowners were a husband and wife and their son who moved back in with them and brought his girlfriend. And apparently there were accounts of aggressive behavior, uh, particularly from the son, and abuse. And in fact, the current homeowners got the house because it was taken back by the bank, and they got the house, and they ended up having to refurbish it because it had so much damage inside. And they've done a beautiful job as well. But some of that emotion sometimes lingers. Even though they've been there, I would say, probably four or five years at this point, the, the emotions of prior homeowners can leave an imprint in a home. So we're dealing with uh, probably um, an imprint behavior. It does seem to have a couple of place memories, which are kind of interesting. It does have at least one active entity, which is most unusual. And then this particular household also has drop-in entities. The wife actually currently works at, with uh, elderly adults, and a lot of her clients over time do pass, particularly because of their advanced age. And uh, because of this, she has gotten some drop-in entities, usually some former clients who have come by to say goodbye. Believe it or not, this is not that unusual. In fact, uh, two days ago when I was doing a ghost tour myself, leading a ghost tour through downtown St. Petersburg, we actually had a woman who described herself as an oncology nurse, and she explained how there were times where she simply knew a patient had died, and she has had a couple instances where patients have come to visit her. So again, nothing that unusual. 
But this house is quite an interesting and eclectic mixture of things. So uh, it makes our investigation a little bit more exciting, I hope, anyway. And I think what we'll do is we will continue on and add in a few clips right after these commercial messages. We'll be right back. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll-free at 1-877-MY-8PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8PETS. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I am Brandy Stark, your host. And we're going to try and conclude this episode with a few clips and a few explanations of what was going on. During this particular investigation, and according to Spirit's Protocol, I had been on the investigations before, and because of that... Um, I actually sat out with the homeowners while a mixture of old and new spirits members, one or two of whom I believe had been there before, went out into the home. They split into two groups. Uh, I think we had a group of seven, myself being the seventh, so I stayed with the homeowners, and then we had two smaller groups of three. New members, in fact, brand new members that were training, and more established members, and they actually went out into the house and outside the house to do their investigations. After they do what's called a cold walkthrough, in which they're not really telling each other what they're getting, but they are taking a lot of notes, they come back in, they meet with me, and together we actually go through and type up literally what people are sensing. After that, I ask the groups what areas they think are the most important to investigate, and they we call these hot spots. Where are the hot spots? And we go back as an entire team together, and we usually do a group investigation at that point, EVPs, and fairly active information exchange, with the exception of any information that the homeowner has given. At this point, I still do not reveal anything that I do know about this location. It is not until the very end, when we have concluded the hotspots, that we do talk with the homeowners and we describe for them what we've found. So with the cold walkthrough completed, these are some of the notes that were typed up. This comes from Verna, and she says that we started in the backyard at the area of the fire pit. I picked up a lot of energy in the area of the fire pit. I picked up a man standing there. He was standing outside. He was looking into the house. He was an older man, and he smiled, and I could see a golden crown on his tooth. I picked up on his walking back and forth. He was looking over things. There was nothing bad about it. Uh, He was a tall man with white hair. He had liver spots on his face, a small paunch, a white shirt, and gray pants. And uh, this part of the notes is actually quite significant to the clips that uh, you're going to hear tonight. Uh, We actually did go back outside with the the two boys on their leashes. They had absolutely no trouble in the area described. Uh, They walked through it. uh, They smelled around. They had a very good time. And we came back in. But we pretty well determined that this particular uh, entity was most likely a site recording. What we'd like to play for you here is we're going to insert a clip that comes from the homeowner at the very end of the investigation. So this was the first ghost encountered, but this clip is coming from the end, and this is actually in the homeowner's words, and we do have permission at this point to include the homeowner interview. She said, uh, whatever you need for the show. So at this point, I'm going to turn it over and let you hear the clip. Um, So is there other phenomena or other things that we've gotten? You said that you might know who's outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. Watch the hairs on your arms. When we first moved in here, and um, next door and on the other side of them, Mr. Dave Nicholson lived. He used to own both his house and the one next door. 
Penny and Tom had big old red Irish set. She was not her dog. Penny and Tom went up to Pennsylvania. They had Dick watch their dog. Mocha stayed in their yard. There's an old privacy wooden fencing along the back side of their property, and some of the slats are out of it. It abuts to the big, huge open field that goes into some woods. That's where the power lines go, and they come out by the fire department. Mocha had gotten out. At that point in time, we didn't have the privacy fence never here. And Mr. Nicholson had come over. He was an elderly man. He was in his late 70s. He was tall, slender build, that little orange that yeah. men to. And I had been gardening so I noticed he was out there and he's trying to see what the best way to get to the dog is because there was so much underbrush he couldn't get to where he could hear her barking. She made it through the slides. So he and I are both kind of going up and down trying to figure out the best way over the chain link fence to get in and go back. And he was very intent and worried that here he is, he's older, but this is his responsibility. And at, at this age, he, he still seemed to very much the man in charge rather yeah. than let me do it. Right. He wanted to do it. Right. He was worrying him. He wasn't upset, he wasn't angry, he was worried, he was concerned. But that's... He... That, that was... That's well, the gold teeth kind of got it. Penny was a home health care worker. Uh-huh. A few months later, he was dying. So that was our first uh, ghostly encounter. So uh, sometimes it's really amazing. Uh, the pugs did not pick up anything, but by golly, our sensitives did. So that was that was actually outstanding. It does appear if it was an entity, it was not very interactive. It could have been a place memory. We're not 100% sure, but we even learned that the gold tooth is definitely a sign. There was a person that came in to help take care of him when he prepared to pass over and uh, unfortunately was seen by other neighbors as a bit of a uh, sucking, well, sucking out, essentially. She was uh, trying to get as much as she possibly could. Uh, I guess there was one point where somebody made a comment that, you know, at least she didn't get the gold fillings on his teeth. So... I think that's kind of an interesting correlation, particularly that one of the first things uh, that our sensitive picked up on was this very strong gold tooth that she could absolutely see without question. So after this, uh, there were two more areas of activity that we checked. The first one was in the daughter's room. And this has been an area of activity before. Reports do include kind of sensing like somebody is outside, as if somebody is kind of definitely present. There's a heavy energy, and basically, starting with our sensitive Verna, she also mentioned that it, her, the daughter's room is a very cute room, but then all of the hair on my body stood up, and she says, I feel that something lurks outside that front window. Uh, there's something in front of and outside of this room. And then she said, I picked up feng, sh feng shui doesn't work. <laughs> because essentially, if the homeowners were attempting to get rid of this negative energy, they might have tried some feng shui. Maverna was about the only one to sense that until we get down to Mary, who's another sensitive. And she says, in the hallway, I had a hard time breathing. And essentially, there was a high level of energy and anger in the room as if there was something not quite right and that it was from the past. I do find it very interesting that the pug certainly had no problems in that room and in fact what we're going to play for you now 
or a couple of clips. When I was trying to get the pugs to go back into the second room, the daughter's room, the third area of activity seemed to have attracted their attention quite a bit, which was the master bedroom. So I had a little bit of trouble trying to corral them into the right room. And then we had additional trouble because of the level of activity, we ended up attempting to do an EVP session. Now we are currently part of a larger EVP phenomena, essentially, and of course EVP, just so you know, is electronic voice phenomena. There's a group that's actually trying to see if a standard series of questions asked at a worldwide level will start to produce results. And we have volunteered to be one of the teams to experiment with that. And so the questions that we asked were not really our standard questions, but are part of this EVP experiment. The first time we asked the questions, sensitives felt incredibly tense. And so I was advised to let one of the male spirits members read the questions. And essentially, you can hear some of the results. But do note, several episodes ago, I discussed uh, bringing a pet on an investigation. And I did describe that they can be a little bit distracting. And unfortunately, as I mentioned for the EVP session, the pugs were very distracting. Odysseus in particular was so loud and so hyper that I actually had to take him back out into the living room where the homeowners played with him. And as I said, they know him, so they're very pet friendly, and that was fine. He had a blast. And Odyssey was a wonderful little boy, and all he wanted to do at this point, because it was past 9 o'clock, was to go asleep. But essentially, you can actually hear some of his snorts in the background. So what we're going to play now is the second clip, which is our attempt at EVPs. And if you listen very carefully, this is the second set of EVPs that Dawn actually asks. But in between, you'll hear those very soft little snorts that come from a pug. And just so you know, these EVP results were fairly uniformly no results. So we're going to go ahead and insert the next clip here. I wonder if it would make a difference if one of the guys asked the questions off the list. Okay. Because I've got a feeling this person doesn't like females to be in charge. Yeah, yeah. so am I. All right. Yeah. If he thinks they're in charge, I think you guys can intimidate him. Okay. (laughs) Can you see me? Are there others with you? Have you lived here before? Has time passed for you? Do you have free will? Are you under the influence or control of others? Do you worship a higher power? Is speech the only way we can communicate with you? Are you in another plane of existence other than mine? Is there a reason you're here? Are you able to show yourself to us? Can you tell us your name? And the last little clip that I have for you from the actual investigation describes a little bit of the activity. Again, this is where we were having some trouble with the pugs, and uh, shortly before we actually learned that Odysseus can jump, uh, the the homeowners had a small board out front of the hallway, and we learned that Odysseus can quite frankly jump that very easily, come back in. I did try to work with him a little bit, and um, it, it was not working out. But you can actually hear some of the results and the interaction between the spirits members and this apparently place memory. This one is somewhat unusual because apparently it was also giving off emotions and information. So I'm not really sure what exactly to make of this. As far as we know, the individuals involved with this uh, particular situation are still alive. And um, 
I don't see how living people can make dead ghosts. So this is kind of unusual. Now, ghosts of the living is one thing, but this has been such a strong presence in this particular part of the house for a number of years that it seems to me, in my opinion, to be more of a place memory. So you'll actually get to hear a little bit about what's going on. And do note that there was a cat. The homeowner's cat was in the room with us at this point, and uh, Odyssey was in the room, and Odysseus was not. But uh, neither the cat nor the pug had any reaction whatsoever, despite the fact that a couple of people were feeling temperature fluctuations, heavy energy, one person was starting to feel as if they were being choked. You know, very, very unusual situation. Now, do note that the Spirits of St. Petersburg is not a hostile investigation case. And when I say somebody started to feel as if they were choked, it's the impression of choking. It's not that they're being choked, but almost the sensation that somebody in the area had been choked in the past, and they're receiving that information. So we'll go ahead and put in that third clip for you to listen to, and uh, you can make your own judgment. Watch. Odyssey's got it now. Listen to him. Mm-hmm. It only took me ten years to train him <laughs> to be quiet for EVPs. You, my dear boy, need a little more work. Maybe we should put a, one of the recorders in the master bedroom. You just leave it there until we're ready to go. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Who wants the recorder in there? Okay. Well, you go follow up. Let's see what happens. They don't have any fear that Mr. Bedroom at all. Now, when you talk about the left-hand side, is it the left-hand side when you go in or the left-hand side when you're lying on the bed? It would be the side when, where it would be when you go in. It would be to the side by the closet. That's where they keep going, actually, mm-hmm. which well, I find interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That and it, by the rocking chair. When I first walked in, it was the rocking chair. I sat on the bed facing the bathroom. It was definitely on the, le- what the left-hand side of the bed as you look in. Interesting. Okay. All right. So... Do we want to ask our series of questions and see if we get anything? Mm -hmm. I'm just not quite sure what to do with Odysseus. I don't know if he's going to need to go out to the other room. Obviously, you're fine. You are not. Can you hush? That's not hushing me. Be a good boy. Should I put you out with the homeowners? Be a sniper. You're going to have to work on that, buddy. All right, come here. Don't make me. This is what happens when they become teenagers, you know? All right, this. You need to go out? Don, just keep them like that. <laughs> so might be all right. All right. We're going to attempt a series of questions that uh, apparently I may have to put Odysseus out. I'm just going to put you out. Odyssey, you stay. You're fine. Good boy. Come on. You're fine. 
Oh, it's funny the cat didn't even meow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying that. <laughs> was there just a whisper? I whispered it. That could be there. <laughs> no, in here. What did it sound like? Oh, was just a whisper. Wait, that was just a whisper. I don't think so. Oh, hummers! I hope. Because I just heard somebody say it's okay out there. It is the hummers, right? Oh, thank God. You know what I heard was right over here by you, Mary. None of you three whispered? No, I didn't say Okay, then that's paranormal. Yeah, I know. It was definitely a whisper. Could you hear it? Does it sound male or female, or could you distinguish? I thought it was male. I think it probably is, because to me, walking in here at first, it had that kind of energy. Well, I'm feeling a lot of energy right now, right here. This is where it was when I walked in. But also, to me, it's someone that's got an imbalance here. Oh my god, I picked that up like 10 minutes ago and I said don't say it because I was like because I know I say that a lot and I was like I don't want people to think but I was picking up someone who was maybe psychotic or mentally unstable is what I picked up sitting here I don't know about psychotic but I think definitely there's some kind of instability yeah lovely so is this the other male presence this is the I think this is the one that to me, was I never did pick up outside. So to me, this was the only one. Okay. So this, I guess, this is the this other is different one. from what's like. Yeah, the, definitely, definitely. Oh, so that wouldn't be what you I'm were actually describing. feeling scared. I mean, I'm not scared, but I'm getting that feeling of being scared. Okay. So there's something that happened here that somebody was scared. I'm just, I'm gonna assume that's what that's from. Okay. But yeah, Mary, I, I felt the same mm-hmm. exact thing, and I didn't. I, I'm going to say for now, I'm going to make sure I say everything, yeah. it doesn't make sense. So those are basically the three live action clips that I chose to include with this. And again, I do beg your indulgence because I am not <laughs> at all, I'm afraid, you know, a professional uh, recorder. But I wanted to give people a little bit of uh, the taste of live action. Quite frankly, all you're getting is approximately eight minutes out of a recording that is two hours long. Uh, the other parts of the recording, you have a lot of shuffling noises as we go from one place to the next. You actually do get a lot of banter. Uh, we start talking about going to bed early, which is always kind of an interesting thing. You know, morning people versus night people. Uh, you know, just you kind of get these unusual little side conversations that helps to break up some of the tension and, and actually helps you to refocus your concentration on the investigation. If you did hear any male-sounding voices or electronic-sounding voices, sometimes people say that we have Stephen Hawking with us, and no, that is not the case. Uh, We actually have a very special device that is sometimes playing in the background of some of these clips, and it is called the Paranormal Puck. And what it does is it adjusts its EMF to a word bank, which is quite interesting. And sometimes the results are very positive, and they're actually dead on. We'll get phrases or we'll get words that match, uh, etc., A lot of the times it does appear to be just kind of a a gibberish, Um, so sometimes I'll just turn it down and keep an eye on what's coming up on the monitor. To conclude this investigation, though, the area of most interest was actually the master bedroom. 
And the pods really did do a pretty interesting thing. Everybody who went into the master bedroom basically described feeling cold. When we first arrived, one member of the spirits team who is more of a, a tech person and, and perhaps not self-diagnosed as sensitive, actually saw a ball of light go across the master bedroom ceiling. We do know that the homeowners have reported this ball of light before, and in fact, in the middle of the investigation when they heard that, they said, well, see if you can find out what that is, because we've tried. I actually got into my car and backed it up and tried to drive past the house several different directions, tried to shine the lights into the windows. But the way that this master bedroom is designed, this is virtually impossible to do. We had no luck replicating this. Sensitives who went in to the master bedroom, particularly the second time, were eventually so overcome that they actually had to leave the room. Several felt arm pains, chest pains, difficulty breathing, dizziness. And the odd thing is that the second time we went in, the entire group actually walked in, and I was even sitting down, and I can attest to this, I actually had an incredible sense of dizziness. The pugs, when they went into this room, uh, both boys were very attracted to the left side of the room, where at least one person said that she really sent something there. And we're actually wondering if this is a location where the individual who died perhaps fell. The story that Sensitive Scott was that he had fallen and that he lingered and then kind of died in the house. But it was very unusual to actually have you know, an entire group who had been in this room before, had no problem, we came back in really kind of focused, and almost this mass universal wave of dizziness, and again, sensitives becoming so overwhelmed that they had to leave. We're questioning whether or not the entity knows that it's deceased, but we're trying to validate our findings with research first, and unfortunately at this point, that has not been the easiest. But... You have now sort of been on a live-action investigation with the Spirits of St. Petersburg. And at this point, I would like to thank you all for listening and indulging in my desire to try something new. I hope that this was informative to you and that you enjoyed this episode very much. Please remember to support your local animal rescues. And with that, I am going to sign off for this episode of Paranormal Pets. Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.